Aaron Rodgers plays here. Get the latest from the Packers quarterback every Tuesday at 1.30 and again at 5 on 5.40 ESPN and ESPNWisconsin.com. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron. Joining us from an undisclosed location, it is the reigning NFL MVP and the Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, how you doing? I am under the weather, so I'm less than 100% doing this show, which uh, is tough for me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gut it out. Well, thank God you're a gamer, and goodness gracious, it's a good thing that you're not playing and uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl, I suppose. How, how under the weather are you? Well, I've been sick for a couple weeks now. It's uh, not a whole lot of fun, I can tell you that much. You should go see a doctor. Yes. We have a wonderful doctor in uh, Green Bay that I made sure I checked in with before I jetted. So you're you're back home in Southern California, I presume. Um where are you at in those five stages of grief that we talked about last week? Have you uh, have you moved into acceptance? Yeah, I think I think we're past we're past acceptance. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I was able to get through all five stages uh, with my counselor Brett uh, Brett Good as we uh, as we road trip down to Arkansas. I will say that I did do that uh, last week. Spent some good time, quality time in Fort Smith, and actually ran into some Packer fans down there. Really? How did the tell? Tell us more. Uh, yeah, Brett is from Fort Smith, and I decided to go down, and spend some day, a few days down there with him, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff down there. There's uh, famous Judge Parker who actually uh, sentenced over 160 people to uh, death by hanging. And that's one of their uh, famous landmarks is the Gallows down there in Fort Smith, so I got to check that out. Uh, but, yeah, had a nice little road trip, good times, and uh, good food down there. His mom and grandma are quite the cooks, so I got to enjoy some of that food and uh, had a good time. Well, I'm glad the Gallows weren't the highlight of the trip then. Um, did you get to watch any football over the weekend, or were you too busy? Uh, were you still in Arkansas? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm divulged enough information already about my whereabouts. So uh, I did get to see a little bit of football. Yes. What'd you th- What'd you think of the conference championship games? What uh, What stuck out well, to you? I was I was surprised uh, that both the uh, road teams won. Usually, you know, usually that's not the case. I don't know what the percentages are, but I would say the home team wins more often than that. But. Uh, Two, I mean, two good football games. Uh, Atlanta, you know, started off fast. You knew San Fran was going to come back at some point, but uh, I think, I don't know, my, my feeling was this, this was kind of Atlanta's year with, uh, you know, with what happened against the Seahawks, them coming back late, and uh, Matt getting the respect that he deserves uh, as a premier quarterback in the league, and up 17 nothing at home, I thought this that, uh, they had a chance to Put him away. And San Fran just hung around, and then the other game, you know, thirteen seven and a half to England, and they're like seventy two and one or seventy two and zero. Oh, and Brady's time there, leading at halftime or Belichick, I think maybe. Uh, so I didn't didn't expect Baltimore to be able to do that in the second half, but uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl, I think. 
What What has your interaction been with Jim Harbaugh? I'm, I'm curious what your impression is of him. I haven't had much. I haven't, had, I haven't had a whole lot uh, of interaction with him. I did. I wasn't sure if he was yelling at me on the field when we played them or the referee, but I could hear some yelling directed in my general area at one point. I'm not sure if that was directed at me or at the, the ref, but uh, that's about the only interaction I've had with him. Now, having been ultra-competitive with your brother Luke growing up, can you imagine the sibling rivalry of coaching against each other in a Super Bowl? That's going to be an interesting dynamic, for sure. Uh, I was not surprised to see that, I guess, they're just going to text this week, uh, which they must be uh, must be super competitive. I saw that the John had given a message to Jim they showed during the Patriots-Ravens uh, game of congratulations. Uh, but you're thinking, you know, especially with the wing on ahead there early on, you know, it wasn't going to happen, brother, brother, but... Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, as always in the show, there's going to be a lot of good story storylines. I think one that uh, I actually retweeted a few days ago, um, you know, as, as Ray Lewis gets a lot of the uh, attention for this probably being his last game, uh, quietly uh, his center for the Ravens, uh, Matt Burke, uh, who's a, I've gotten to know a little bit uh, over my time in the league, very quality individual and a great player for a long time is going to be playing his last game as well. So hopefully, he gets the uh, the attention he deserves there. We'll uh, we'll talk more about the actual Super Bowl matchup next week. But are you going to go? Obviously, last year you worked for NBC. Will you be doing anything this year? Will you be going to the NFL Honors event? Any of those things? Uh, those are still up in the air right now. I can tell you, I won't be working for CBS. Uh, not a huge surprise there, but I, I won't be working with, uh, with CBS. Uh, but uh, not sure if I'm going to be out there. Yeah, there are some opportunities there with the, uh, the NFL honors and such, but uh, that's yet to be determined. Now, is that something that? I mean, did you you didn't did you know when you went to it last year that you were going to win? I mean, were you alerted, or is it like? the Oscars, where you're, you're up until the moment they say your name, you don't know if you're going to be the MVP or not? Uh, I had a pretty good idea I was, I was going to win, yes. So if you would obviously have a pretty good idea that you're not going to win this year then, so would that impact whether you would want to go or not? Well, I'm up for another award, uh, the uh, FedEx Air Player of the Year. Ah, so that would be uh, incentive to go, but um, I do really enjoy the um, the producer of the show. She's been a, a good friend, and uh, she's done the ESPYS, and uh, she's doing the NFL honors again. And uh, just in support of her, that'd be uh, definitely a reason to go. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you regarding that event is: there's been some talk, obviously because of the quality of the game, that maybe the Pro Bowl will be eventually replaced and maybe they'll they'll just do this NFL honors event and have it a little bit bigger and announce players that are selected and that sort of thing. Do you see that as a viable alternative if the quality of the game doesn't improve uh this year as your coaching staff goes without you? Yeah, I mean I'd be surprised uh if there isn't some major major changes to the Pro Bowl. Uh 
after this season. I know I think they're under contract this year, and then I don't know that there's another contract in place. So I'm, I would guess there'd be some changes now. I don't know if that means move it to the states again or you know change the format or just do away with it entirely. I think that you know, the league has some stuff to talk about, but I I do know there's there's got to be some some changes coming with that. Did you did you know that Clay wasn't going now either? And do you know why? I heard that. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I, I, I would assume he's has an injury. What about the fact that your right guard now gets to go because Mike Ayupati is playing in the Super Bowl? So Josh Sitton gets his first Pro Bowl berth. What uh, what kind of season did Josh have, and how happy are you for him? Yeah, that's the beauty of getting back on Twitter. You can find out that kind of stuff uh, very quickly. <laughs> so I was happy for Josh. He deserves it. Uh, he's been a rock for us at right guard for the last few years, and the guy who plays at a high level uh, doesn't get a lot of credit. Obviously, those big guys don't get a ton of credit, but uh, but he's a rock there. He's a great pass blocker, very good run blocker, uh, deserves to be mentioned among the top offensive linemen in the in the game every year and I'm glad he finally got the recognition he deserves. Now it helps obviously with how body going but uh Josh deserves to be in that game and I'll be interested to see what uh what he says about the tempo uh of it um, you know when I talk to him after the game but uh, I'm excited for him getting to go out there. It's a good experience and they'll have a good time. A few I other gave him some pointers too. I gave him, I gave him a couple pointers too before he left. Like what? Give give us some of the advice you gave him. Well, I think that it's important when you're a first-year guy there to pick up some tabs. So my first year was out in Fort Lauderdale. I wanted to pick up some tabs for the offensive alignment around the pool area or breakfast tabs just so that those guys knew I appreciated the fact that I was there my first time and they had been there more times than me. So I think the, the alignment appreciated that, uh, picked up their tabs more than a few times. And uh, and then also you have to be careful not to give out your hotel room because that's often the uh, – the number that's putting down that's that's put down on some of these tabs that guys have. So if they know a room you're staying in, uh, you're going to run up a pretty big bill without even knowing it. So just be careful to not give your room number out. Uh, a few other Packers-related things. You mentioned last week about this team maybe not having the same hunger as it had had in previous years. Uh, as a follow-up to that, how did how does a team change that? Do you need? an infusion of maybe some veteran guys who haven't had the success? Do you need to change your approach as a leader? One of my Twitter followers pointed out that a guy like Cedric Benson would seem to fit that bill of having been on previous teams and not had a lot of success. He would bring some of that hunger. How do you kind of extrapolate out what you made as a comment last week, and and what do you do now about that going forward? Well, I think it's a a combination of... uh making sure we keep enough veteran guys around to keep the leadership where it needs to be, uh, but also just setting the direction from the first day we get together uh, on what, you know, how things are going to be done, maybe a little more clear this year. And um, It'll be a new team. I mean, new challenges, new guys, and we're going to need to make sure we find that uh, that balance between, uh, obviously, the youth infusion that we do every year and the the veterans who have been a part of, uh, you know, something special like, like our Super run and know kind of what that feels like and then encouraging those guys to continue to be more vocal leaders. We had guys like TJ and Josh especially step up this year and be bigger 
bigger leaders for us. I think their role can be even even greater. Uh, Evan Dietrich Smith moving forward, you know, as a, as a center, you need a center to be to be one of your leaders in the football team, and just encouraging him to take on a, a greater leadership role is going to be something that uh, that I'm going to do, and, and I think he's going to be real good at. So just making sure we have the right balance there, and and just set a good direction for how we're going to do things. I know you've picked your spots on this uh, playing GM idea. I'm, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to say how important it is that you still have Charles Woodson on your team next year. I, I, I think that's got to be uh, one of the top priorities. Um, you know, I'm not sure uh, what that's going to look like, but I know that he is under contract and he's an important important part of our football team. I think. He adds a lot. He's still playing at a really high level, and he's obviously very intelligent. He sets a good example on preparation. Um, he's always watching film. Uh, he's, he did a great job, you know, especially when guys like Sam Shields and Tremont a few years back when he kind of took them under his wing. Uh, and now Tremont's carrying on that tradition, I know, and, and obviously he's a, he's a top-caliber player. But uh, having his presence around the locker room uh, really helps uh, – set an example for the young guys and then helps me out uh, as far as being a leader you know him as well as anyone in that locker room um if the packers come to him and say we want you back but you know we've got some big contracts we have to pay we can't afford to pay you 10 million dollars this season as a 36 year old guy do you think he listens to that or do you think you're saying goodbye to him well i don't really like talking for the players uh and especially when it's money involved, that gets a little dicey. So um, that's something they'll have to work out. But uh, you, you just—I've said this before about other players. I don't think you get better by kind of taking from the whole, taking a core guy. And I think he's a core guy. Uh, talking with Ben McAdoo last week, he talked about your relationship between the two of you and how, like any new relationship, there's a process to gaining trust and respect. He also said that he would have been skeptical of him had he been you as he came in as quarterback's coach. From your perspective, how did you think that first year went with him, and how do you see that relationship evolving? I think it went good. You know, Obviously, it takes some time to get to know a guy, and we haven't spent a ton of time together uh, you know, other than on the field as, as he was a you know, tight end coach and just seeing him, watching him coach. But when you're in the same room together every day for six months, you obviously see a different side of the person. Yeah, I think you know, there's a lot of a lot of ways that uh, my respect level continue to grow for him. One is just his work ethic. I mean, he works his butt off. He's there all the time. He spends a lot of time um, making sure that uh, the quarterbacks are prepared. Uh, you know, I, I just continue to encourage him uh, to coach. You know, because I, I want to be coached. Young guys want to be coached, and he has a lot of knowledge. He understands the position. Um, he hasn't played the position in the pro level, but uh, he understands how to coach the position. He knows, he knows what he's doing. He knows the footworks. Uh, he knows the offense inside and out. I mean, he, he's as bright as anyone we have on the staff. And, and I think it's just going to be, uh, you're going to see him just continue to be more comfortable uh, in the coming in the coming seasons as uh, you know, as, as his personality is able to come out even more. And I think about back when Tom was my coach in '06. Yeah, we got along, but uh, we weren't obviously as close as we were, you know, our last year uh, being quarterback and quarterback coach in, in 11. We had, you know, five years to get to that point. And I just saw Tom, you know, really 
uh, you know, his personality come out as the years went on and him feeling more comfortable, you know, just being himself and coaching as much as he wants. And I think that's the one thing you, you learn through just spending time together as a quarterback and quarterback coach. Uh, two more things, and then we'll do Ask Aaron and let you go. Uh, I know from experience that you don't read a lot of what we write. There are some players who do. I know you're not in that group. Um, Bob McGinn's grades came out on Sunday, and in his column that accompanied them, uh, he wrote that the team is soft, that the defense doesn't hit people in the mouth, and the offense without a running game isn't really physical enough. I know it's a little different for you as a quarterback, but is that? Do you see that as something of a concern that maybe a more effective running game, and as I mentioned, Cedric Benson, maybe if he's healthy, you guys that might have altered your perception of how people are viewing you because it does look like the two two very physical teams are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to answer that. I can just say that uh, yeah, obviously we didn't win as many games as we wanted to this year. We didn't. We came up short in the playoffs, but uh, I like the makeup of our team. Uh, you know, we're, we're not a we're not an offensive line that, that goes three thirty across the board. So um, we're not going to be a power running game. We're we're going to be a team that's going to get after you with tempo and with our skilled players who are as skilled as any group of guys in the league. Um, if that makes us. Uh, soft in some people's opinions, we're not going to be able to change that opinion. But we're going to win a lot of games around here with the, with the guys that we have. And uh, as you've seen with, throughout the league, the league is going to a more pass-oriented, um, you know, schemes. And even Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore is not the Baltimore of a couple of years ago. Um, Joe Flacco is getting an opportunity to do some no-huddle stuff, to call stuff on the line of scrimmage. They're throwing the football a lot more, obviously, with Bolden and Pitta and. Um, Tory Smith and, and getting after you guys that way, and, and I wouldn't really call San Francisco a downhill running team either. They're uh, a lot of zone read stuff and, and uh, you know throwing the ball around as well. So I don't get into that whole uh, team evaluation stuff too much, but I can tell you I like our team. I know we can win with the guys we got. The other thing that I, that came out in that in that column that I did want to ask you about, he he took Lambeau Field fans a little bit to task that, that they they don't react, uh, maybe they're not as loud, they don't make it as difficult on opponents. Now, you guys were 8-1 and one at home this year, 8-1 and one at home last year, so it's not preventing you from having success. Um, but do, do you, have you noticed any change in the crowds at Lambeau Field since you came in in 2005? I know you and Mike McCarthy both kind of made public pleas before the playoff game that you needed the crowd to be on top of its game, and it seemed that that crowd responded. Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of change. I think it's uh, it's a crowd that uh, is a little more lively for the night games, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's a strong advantage when we play Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night games there. Um, you know, sometimes the noon games, it's not uh, as loud, but you know, I don't know. Do you take a page from San Francisco and, and get two chains out there uh, wrapping around and stuff? I don't think that's really <laughs> uh, what we're going to do in the Midwest. I, I think our fans uh, are definitely into the game. They're intelligent sports fans. They know when to cheer. Um, and, and it is an advantage. Uh, pair that with the cold, we do have an advantage. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to make sure that the fans uh, were loud because uh, it can definitely be an advantage. And when you're playing a, you know, we thought it was going to be Christian Ponder, but end up being Webb. You know, you're playing a guy who hasn't had any postseason starts. You know, when you have that crowd noise, that can always help out. So that's why it's difficult to win on the road in this league. I don't care what teams are, are playing. Um, when you have that crowd advantage, it makes uh, it make it more difficult to communicate things uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and, and that's why we need our crowd to always be loud. It's it's hard for me to tell from the press box because it's kind of a sanitized area on how loud they are on third down plays, etc. On the flip side of it, though, it does seem like they're really quiet when you guys are on offense. Are they pretty good about that side of it? They are, except when the wave is going on. <laughs> <laughs> which has happened from time to time. I mean, no other stadium is able to get the whole crowd doing the wave. It's incredible, and you have to be actually at Lambeau to, to really have a true appreciation for it. Um, but most of the time, they're, you know, they're, they do a great job of giving us the kind of noise that we need. Now, there was at one point, you know, when uh, I remember when Donald came on the field, I think it was in San Francisco, yeah. and it got really loud. But, uh, but no, our crowd knows uh, they know when to cheer and when to be quiet. Well, let's get to Ask Aaron, and then we'll let you go. The first one comes from Brent, and I think he's got a question that's on a lot of folks' minds. What's the word on Saturday Night Live? Any chance you can squeeze it in this off season? And also, do you have any skit ideas ready for your suggestions? I have some skit ideas for sure, and I haven't heard anything from them, so I'm assuming there's nothing going on at this point. Uh, Abby says, it's good to have you back on Twitter. What app did you end up getting for your iPhone? Also, does it amuse you reading everyone's responses when they don't know that you're quoting Jack Handy? Oh, it's incredible. Uh, I, I, you know, it's people I know. There are like articles about me, like drunk uh, twittering, and I just I want to be like, okay, well, first of all, like type in the quote to Google search, and it'll let you know where the quote's coming from. That's one idea. Or two, read the tweet that I posted about watching UFC and looking up uh, quotes from my favorite philosopher, uh, which obviously is Jack Handy. So um, I don't take Twitter too seriously. I think some people may uh, you know, may look into it a little too much. I like to have fun with it and interact with the fans and also you know post some funny Jack Handy quotes or some heavyweights or Princess Bride lines, two of my favorite movies. So that's going to be my uh, my persona on that uh, as long as I keep doing it. And hopefully people will start to come around with the fact that I'm uh, I'm just messing around with those Jack Handy quotes, and they are pretty incredible. I, uh, I thought your best tweet was when you said that you wanted to interact with some real fans but not anyone imaginary because you didn't want to be involved with anyone uh, online imaginary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea what you were referring gotta, to. Gotta, yeah, got to have some, uh, you know, some, some tweets that, that show I'm at least hip to uh, what's going on in the world. Well, this uh, this question comes from Louisa, and her, her question is, what has been your reaction to some of the news lately? There was uh, Susie Favor-Hamilton, the former Olympian and obviously a University of Wisconsin runner who turned out was working as an escort in Las Vegas. Obviously the Manti Teo story that has come out now in the last week or so. And where do you think we, meaning the media and the fans, should draw a line between an athlete's private life and public life? Gee. Heavy, that's I know. A heck of a question right there. Uh, I don't know. How much time do we have left on the show? <laughs> trying to elaborate. I think you know some of the feelings. The show's as long as you make it, by the way, there, About boss. that stuff. Um, 
I, I think it just shows, you know, one, it's a bizarre world. There's a lot of stuff going on that we just either don't understand, don't know, or don't see. And uh, at times we're privy to see, you know, some of the craziness of this world. But uh, the truth, you know, the truth is going to come out at some point. I think that's the one thing that you you got to realize from this that, you know, regardless of how crazy, deceptive anyone's trying to be or on the down low, you know, the truth is, is going to to find its way out at some point. Uh, there's not many secrets that are allowed to, you know, still be secrets anymore. Um, you know, that being said, I, I strongly believe there should be a, a separation of public and, and personal life that the media uh, respects. Um, especially stuff that doesn't really need to be um, talked about that much. Those two situations, the, the Susie Taylor Hamilton, I mean, that was, um, you know, that got out because she trusted the wrong person, from what I read. And the Manti Teo story is one of the more bizarre stories uh, we've seen in sports, I think, in the last 20 years. So let me ask you my question quickly. Um, both of those people were very much... Uh, admired, uh, viewed very positively. You had something come out this week, your latest installment of your It's Aaron series with David Gruber and the Mac Fund. Do you worry that when stories like this come out that it'll stop people from believing in in guys like you, basically? Like, I, I have to admit that, you know, you look at Manti Teo and the stories that we've heard about him, and he's such a high character guy and all those kinds of things, and then this story comes out and you start to question whether you can believe in people. I know you're proud of what you guys have done with the It's Aaron series. Do you worry about a chilling effect of some of these kind of falls from grace? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great question, and the, the only way I can answer is is to just say that, you know, to me it, it makes me realize how just important my reputation is and 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 just how the you know the responsibility goes even higher, knowing that I want you know I want people to not doubt my character, and it just you know it takes a long time to build up a reputation and one bad decision or in the wrong place at the wrong time to uh, you know to, to ruin that. So I, I take that very seriously, my reputation. I. I I stand on, um, you know, the things I've been able to be a part of and and know how important it is to continue to conduct myself in a way that reflects positively on my organization, my fans, my family, my loved ones, and knowing that, uh, you know, I don't want to put any doubt out there or any negative light on the organizations I've, uh, I've been able to be associated with. Two more Ask Aaron questions before we let you go, uh, but before that, how proud of you are you are you of the latest installment of that? It looked like you and Dijon had a lot of fun in that video. And if you haven't seen it, you can check out itsaaron.com. But how how did you feel about the latest one? It, it was great. You know, Dijon was is it, it, a great kid, and some of the highlights from that were, uh, you know, he he whooped my butt in the video game. They couldn't really show it, but 
but he beat me. And uh, I'm a competitor, so I, I, you know, obviously I didn't want to blow him out in a video game, but I was trying, and he and he was uh, he was getting after me pretty good. But uh, I just love you know his love of reading is you know what strikes me, especially in this day and age where kids are you know spending seems to be spending more time on internet and video games. Just that he loves to read. Uh, it's pretty special, and also just uh, the brother connection that he has, having two brothers, um, just how special, uh, you know, he, he views his brother that, uh, you know, his brother basically saved his life, and, and that's just really special thing. So I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Greg Marshall, who did the uh, the producing, deserves a lot of credit because he was, uh, you know, he's a, uh, just a special individual, and um has an incredible uh, personal story that he lives out daily. Um, but he did a great job of putting that stuff together, and I'm just really proud uh, to be able to be associated with uh, with the Max Fund and, and the way things have turned out. Again, if you want to see the video, it's at itsaaron.com. Also, I know our friend Tim Van Voren did a piece on Greg Marshall for the Fox 6 News. Uh, this question comes from Tina. She says, are you ever bummed out that you don't have the opportunity to play in competitions like the Olympics, the World Cup, Champions League, other types of things like that that they have in basketball and soccer? I know your friend Ryan Braun is playing in the World Baseball Classic, right? Yeah. You can't see that happening too. in football. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I joked about uh, football being an Olympic sport last year on Twitter, and there's some funny responses, some of which said I wouldn't even be on the team. Uh, <laughs> but uh, ouch! But I actually looked up. Uh, I've looked up sports both the Summer and Winter Olympic to see uh, you know what I could possibly do when I'm done playing because I'm very patriotic and I'm also a competitor. I'd love to be able to, to find a way to continue competing afterwards and be able to compete for your country. There's not many things, uh, you know, make you more proud than that. But uh, I don't know if there's a lot of opportunities. <laughs> and our final question, we've only got two shows left. We've got the Tuesday before the Super Bowl, the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. So t- time is running out. Heather's question is a very short one, four words. What's the llama story? Uh, what, are you, are, you can hold, you've got two shows left. You can hold on to it if you want. I'll hold on to it. I'll think about a good way to, to share it at some point. All right. We will uh, we'll save that for next week or the week after. We will let you get back to taking your uh, Drew Brees uh, NyQuil or whatever it is you're taking to, to get better, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. We will do it again next week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.